This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Hey everyone and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world, Peak Too Early. I'm one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I'm joined by Mike Jenner, who is somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? Steve, how could I possibly be better? It's, you know, fall is in the air, leaves are changing, we get that nice crisp air when I walk out the out the door, Patriots are 1-0, the Celtics are on the play, I mean... I'm doing great. Everything's great. I feel great. I mean, things literally could not be better. You sound a little under the weather there. I'm good. I'm good. All right. Don't worry. Don't worry about me. And as always, he's not at the house of Sav. He is on vacation once again. But we told him, we said, Trent, you, you can keep going on these vacations, whatever, but we're not allowing you to skip out on the podcast. You got to do the podcast on vacation. We got Trent Fontanella. Trent, how you doing, bud? Boys, before I get into how I'm doing, I need to just address what, how Mike is doing right now. I hope, Good. you know, we had the recording of the pre, you know, pre-audit, ban- I'm sorry, pre-pod banter where Mike was just complaining about how bad and shitty he felt. So I feel great. Uh, Love it. Now, gentlemen, I'm good. I'm in Brian Head, Utah. Uh, it's population 80 out here during the summer. I think more happens in Ski Town, but I'm assuming there's a couple dozen listeners of the P2E podcast out here. So I'll be here for a few more days. When you guys hear it and you see me outside, you know, be sure to say hello. Um, I'm here. I'm doing the pod. I'm doing. A, I'm working on vacation as as some people do right here. I can't even stay unplugged, but I did absolutely you know zero uh, prep for the show. Um, so it's kind of like the old days when I used to always do zero. Recently, I swear, I've been reading the show notes a few times. But, you know, Steve, we're depending on you for your takes. Mike, depending on you to, to guys to carry the episode for me. Because I'm, I'm here, but I'm still kind of in vacation mode. Trent, that Trent. wall behind you is so orange. Wow. It, it, uh, it, looks like, it looks like it was painted in like the 60s. That paint hasn't been in for, for <laughs> 60 years. Where I, are you staying? I, I swear I would have had no idea what color the wall behind me was. It's so orange. Uh, I think it's, it's disgusting. Nice orange, you know? No, it's, that it's is fall. a fall. That's a disgusting just, you love color. It's that a fall is only, color. That color is only acceptable if they only painted that for fall. Like if if they change the color per season. But <laughs> what if a it, hell of a but if it's like February, if it's like February and the color of is that color. That's ridiculous. You, ugh, disgusting. I, I wouldn't stay here if it was February. Let's just put it that way. That's a good point. Trent, Trent. it was kind of like an in, like a little inside joke, something that we used to kind of you know bust your balls a little bit about how you're always on vacation. But I don't think that there is anybody in America that goes on vacation as much as you do. Like, how, how is this possible? Like it's like it feels like once a month now, and we're kind of like preparing the show, and we're talking about like you know scheduling when we're gonna get on and record. And it's like I feel like it's once a month. It's like oh guys, I'm I'm away on vacation that day or that week. Can we can we reschedule? How can you? How do you swing this? How do you go on so many vacations? 
I take advantage of the days off, you know, I take advantage of that. I take advantage of the work from home days, you know, put that in quotations, the work from home while on the trips. Uh, I take advantage of like the sneaky long, you know, weekends that I can sneak away from the office and only take like that one day yet. I'm, I'm gone for like three, four days. Um, I'm a man that, that takes advantage. Of it. I also, you know, have been out of vacation days for, for months now with this trip that was planned. So, you know, good luck uh, to my family having me home for Christmas Eve, that sort of thing. But I'm sure I'll find a way to finagle my way out of that too. <laughs> Steve, I have a longstanding theory that I feel like I've talked about here before that Trent is just like an undercover, like billionaire, right? Yeah. And he just has all this money and he doesn't even, he does not work. Like, right. He doesn't have a job because every time I ask him about his job, we don't need to get into details about what he does. I feel like he's pretty vague about what he does and his job kind of doesn't. Vague it kind of doesn't seem that real. And I feel like when he podcasts from his odd office in, um, you know, pretending he's at work and he's got like his hair slicked back and he's got his fancy tie or something like he's that. like overcompensating. <laughs> no, not even he's at some like event with his other billionaire friends, like his second life. I think that is really what it is. Yeah. Those- so I, I can definitely see that he's like, he's like an eccentric, like billionaire, right? That's just, he doesn't want to be seen as the billionaire, right? So he, he wants to live a normal life. So he's able mm-hmm. to do all mm-hmm. these billionaire type things, but he kind of overcompensates for being like a normal dude. He wears, he wears shirts that he owned in the seventh grade. Exactly. He's always got exactly. like, he's always got like unkempt hair. Like he just like, he's like trying too hard to be a normal person. All those work trips I used to go on are actually just more vacations. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's right. You know. Trent, how many, how many times have I said about your girlfriend, like, why does she, why does she deal with you? That would make sense too. That would line up, right? Like this second alter ego of yourself, this like proper billionaire self. That would that would fit the <laughs> that's bill. Right. Yeah, she is a she's actually a gold digger. Megan is <laughs> I mean, you know the only her. explanation because she's. I mean, Megan's great, right? And she seems, you know, by all counts, like a very normal person. And that, yep. you know, I'm sure she's a she's a very good girlfriend, Trent. But why she why she's sticking with you just doesn't make any sense. And the fact that you're just extremely wealthy that that's the only explanation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, so. to keep my cover, I'm gonna have no more comments. <laughs> oh, boys! But yeah, Mike, you said it. I'm feeling good. We got we got the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals on the TV right now. Cam Newton's going to lead the Patriots to to a to a seventh Super Bowl. Uh, it's just it's just you know the fall is it's starting to turn. You feel that crisp in the air. The leaves are starting to fall. I mean, it's just it doesn't get any better than this. This is just awesome. So I feel bad for all those non-New Englanders who you know, don't get to appreciate this beautiful season change like we do. I mean, we like New England for a good chunk of the year is absolutely miserable to live in. You know, some in the middle of the summer, it gets extremely humid, hot and disgusting. You have an extremely long winter with brutal snow, brutal freezing cold temperatures. But this next Two to two and a half months is the best weather anywhere in the world, and it makes living in this crazy place worth it. So I'm pumped. All right, Mike, let's kick off, let's kick off the running news. All right, so there are some results out there, but since the running world is kind of at a little bit of an off-season lull right now, we're going to get into a couple – different news stories and the first one i just like stumbled across this earlier today 
I don't know how we didn't know about the fact that this was happening, but Trent, let me ask you this since you didn't prepare. What if I told you that cross country was starting this weekend? What? What if, what if I told you that the SEC was just like, you know what? We're going to do cross country. Forget about nationals. Forget about regionals. We're just going to do cross country. I thought we were talking about winter cross country like a week ago. We were, uh, we we were, were debating whether we can have it in the middle of snowstorms. Yep. So this week, SEC released their schedule, and there's like five meets going on this weekend. So September 17th, we got the Bulldog Invitational, which is Georgia versus South Carolina. We got a little dual meet going on. Then we got the Mountain Dew Invitational. I was going to... I was going to yeah. comment on oh, that yeah. on that name. It's just like we got the Mountain Dew Invitational. What? <laughs> what? Where, where do we come with? When, first off, why Why does Mountain Dew feel the need to sponsor a cross-country race? And like why? I mean, what? what's the connection between the, this, this I, disgusting probably, soft drink and, and cross-country? Whoa, disgusting is a little extreme. But Mountain Dew. Mountain I, Dew. If you drink Mountain Dew, then, I mean, I – I don't know if I could be friends with you. I mean, I think if I had a, I think if I had a Mountain Dew right now, it might like stop my heart. So I don't drink it anymore. But Mountain (laughs) Dew is objectively delicious. Mountain Dew is like, it's pretty awesome. It is when you're a kid, but like as an adult, right? I mean, first off, I don't, I don't drink a ton of soda as is, but if you're going to go grab a soda, Mountain Dew is like number 20 on the list for, for me right now. I, I, in college, and this is like a very competitive runner that I am speaking of here, literally had his fridge stocked with like 40 to 50 Mountain Dews at all times, would like come back from a 15 mile long run on, you know, Sundays and just have a couple Mountain Dews after. I mean, crazy stuff. That was disgusting though. I it's think a, we it's all disgusting. When he did that, it was disgusting. It is disgusting, I, but. I used to love Mountain Dew. I haven't had a soda in years. I haven't had Mountain Dew in longer than that. I'm like scared to try it again. You're partly such because I don't want to ruin that such childhood a, fondness. Such such a billionaire elitist not drinking soda. <laughs> well, we're, we're we're getting away from the point here, Mike. Yeah, get back okay. to the fact that we have cross country right. this weekend. <laughs> okay, so the and we're we're bearing the lead here on the Mountain Dew Invitational. It's just Florida. Like Florida is <laughs> just racing themselves. Which okay, I like it. And then well, that on... explains the Mountain Dew. I bet you, I bet you, ninety percent of of Mountain Dew's market share comes from the state of Florida. <laughs> that's, <laughs> probably, that's probably true. All right, and then we got two big meets. These are like actual meets. People are running against each other. We got the SEC preview meet where it's Arkansas, LSU, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Texas A and M, and that's it. And then we got the Commodore Classic where we have six teams going at it, including Alabama, Auburn, Kentucky, Missouri, Tennessee, Vanderbilt. So the point is. The SEC is just going all in, and they put some like restrictions on how many teams could run per event and how many events there could be in the regular seasons. I think there's only like two to three allowed in the regular season, and then they're going to have their conference championship. And I could be completely off the mark here, but to my knowledge, this is just the only conference that's doing it, and it's awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, the SEC is hilarious, right? Because SEC is going to SEC, right? Where you know, the entire country's shutting down. They're like, we're not going to have sports. And SEC's just like, yeah, yeah, we go to school for sports. 
Like we're going to have sports. We're going to have football on Saturday and we're going to do all the other sports. So the rest of the conferences in the country, you can do whatever you want. You're probably going to follow our lead eventually, which it sounds like conferences like the big 10 are going to have football because sec bullied them into it, but they're just like, we're going to do sports, right? We we're going to, you know, we don't care. Like, we're going to lose way too much money if we do this, because that's why we, <laughs> that's pretty much what our school revolves around is making money through our sports. So yeah, you, everybody else, you can do what you want. We're going to have sports and Hey, I mean, I love it. Right. I mean, it's, we got, we got cross country this weekend. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to like get into debating whether this is a smart idea or not. Cause Correct. that's not, you know, <laughs> what we're here for, but I do appreciate if they're going to have like football, right? Cause football is one, when we talk about sports making money for schools, it's football that we're talking about, at least in the fall, if they're going to have football, I appreciate them just having all the other sports too. Cause I feel like it would be easy to be like, well, I don't know how easy because it would look terrible, but if you're going to have football and they need the money there, people, people care about football in the sec. I respect that. They're like, well, you know, cross country is not any more risk than a football game is. So let's get the other sports out there too. When you have other like programs that are cutting cross country teams and we're losing cross country programs across the nation for, for, you know, guys be stepping on the line this weekend. Um, yeah, man, it's awesome. Full, yeah. So full disclosure, I changed the opening to this show like two hours ago when I read this article, because the way I was going to open this up, cause I just watched the NFL and college football all weekend. And the way I was going to start the show was going on a rant. Cause I, I was kind of frustrated and my rant, you know, let's make it clear. I understand why we're not doing cross country. I understand why we can't put like 400 people on a line and be sweaty and spitting next to each other. But the point is it's frustrating when all weekend I'm watching college football, I'm watching NFL football. I'm watching, you know, basketball and stuff like that. And it's like, come on, like we can't think of something for cross country. We can't do something for cross country, even if it's, you know, only within your conferences. I mean, at least that's something for these kids who are in school right now or something, or even just have like some crazy system. I know it's not ideal, but have, you know, every only within your conferences and then have, I don't know, some like, football style ranking system where we're just going to have like only allow like 10 to 15 teams into the national championship. Just screw it. You know what I mean? Like whatever, whatever we say, like the limited number of teams is, and I know it's not ideal, you know, that's not how cross country is done by like rankings and stuff like that. But if it will get us 10 competitive teams on a national championship scale, let's do something. Right. So it was, I was feeling frustrated coming into the the week. And then I was like, Oh wait, there are actually schools doing that. Now I'm still not sure if I <laughs> think it's the best thing in the world, but that aside cross country's here. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. What do you want? Yeah. Me? I mean, if you're going to have, if you're going to have linemen lining up across from each other, smashing into each other's faces, breathing down each other's throat for two straight hours, why can't we run a 5k? Why can't we do a 10k out there? So I'm, I'm all for it. This I awesome. know you have like these mobs, but if you actually think about it, like how many people besides like maybe a few people who move way up in the, in the race or like fall way back for the most part, like 90% of the race where they start in the first, like, you know, mile of the race is where they're going to finish, give or take like 10, 15 people. So even if you put a hundred people on a line, you're probably only interacting in race with them. Like, you know, maybe a quarter of that. So Mm-hmm. you know what i mean and what if you did something what if there was like a um there was like a like a, a buff or a mask zone right like every runner had to wear a buff and at the quarter mile mark you're allowed to take the buff down 
right? Whoa. So you have like, so everybody starts with a buff on, right? And then you hit the quarter mile mark and they said, okay, well, you know, most of the field, we're going to have small packs, but most of the field is going to be strung out by this point. So at the quarter mile mark, everybody can take their buff down or at the, you know, the 800 mark or whatever. So why, why couldn't we do something like that? Or I don't know. The SEC's like, we don't even need that. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's like, the beauty SEC. It's like, screw that. We don't need, we don't need none but of that. But maybe the We're, other conferences can take that tip. Yeah. The, the other problem is, too, is like, we're probably not going to be able to watch this anyways, right? Like, it's cool that they're doing it. It's nice to know that there's cross country. I don't know if we're actually going to be able to, like, watch cross country. It would be, it, I mean, if we can watch this, I just say we go all in on SEC and, you know, all, like, the, the SEC Conference Championship will just treat it like the national championship if we can watch you, it. So, You kidding me? They got that Mountain Dew money. They can't broadcast yeah, well, that's, this? That's true. <laughs> All right. And our second news story this week. So, um, recently, six-time Super Bowl champion Tom Brady went on the Dax Shepard podcast. And he had this quote. He said, it's not healthy to go run 10 miles. There's a lot of inflammation. I would say running is good for your heart and your head. Other than that, there's a lot of downsides. So in the last, like, let's call it year or so, on, like, the, you know, podium of most prominent athletes of all time, Tom Brady and Tiger Woods are on that podium and they have both That's come right. out about in a you know six month span saying running is terrible for you. Something to think about here, folks. <laughs> well, I don't understand why the running world is all up in arms and freaking out about this. Because it is. It's bad for yeah, you. Like obviously. Like and, and here's what here's what runners need to embrace about the sport of running. The sport is literally keeping yourself healthy. It's a sport of pain management. It's a sport of keeping yourself healthy. If you can stay healthy enough to do the work and to, 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 to get to a certain level of fitness that somebody else doesn't, then, then, you, then you know, that's how you get good at the sport. or that's how, that's how you win. Like, yeah, running 10, healthy, 10 miles isn't good for the normal person's body. It's great for your cardio. It's great for your heart, great for your head, like you said. But that's going to do a lot of breaking down of your body. And that's literally the sport is trying to keep your body, trying to hold your body up through the pounding of the training or through the, you know, just the grind of the training. Couldn't agree with you more. There's nothing new that we learned here. It's just like kind of a massive compliment though. Cause Tom Brady, yeah. I know some people may not trust TB12 and Guerrero and whatever, but I think that guy knows what's going on when it, when it comes to taking care of your body. I mean, look what he's doing the football field at his age. So when he says it's that bad and we're all doing that, like even more than what he's talking about 10 mile run, it's kind of like a big compliment. Like, I don't know. It makes me feel even more badass for, for being a runner here. Over the and, past decade, football has been under attack for being the most unhealthy sport, right? Right. Brain yeah. damage, you know, all these types of inner, you know, exactly. injuries. And, and you have the greatest football player of all time saying that our sport is worse. So and, let's take it as a compliment. All right, everybody, everybody and, chill out. And it's called like being a sport, right? That's the difference between sports and exercise. Any sport at a high level is not good for your body. It's just not. Yes, what Tom Brady does and other football players do in the gym and, you know, when they're working out, 
I'm sure that is good for their body and their stretching and pliability and running and lifting. These are all good exercises. But when they go out on the field and when they're actually practicing and playing football, it's terrible for you. Basketball, all these like shortcuts and stuff like that and moving side to side movement, terrible. I mean, sports in general are not good for your body. Exercise obviously is great. So it's like, yes, running is good for your body to a certain extent. But when you're pushing yourself to try and be as competitive as possible and running 80, 90 miles a week, yeah, I mean, duh. Like it's that <laughs> nobody nobody thinks that that's good for you. None of us have ever thought. We all know how how many of us have said that. You know, oh god, when I'm you know 50 years old, I'm gonna need like a you know a walker or something like that. It's when just, I'm 32. Yeah, so it's like, I, can't, I haven't run for two months because my ankle is friggin' killing me from two decades of running, all right? So, yes, I agree with Tom Brady. But none of, and, none of the three of us were doing it for, like, health purposes. Obviously, that's, like, a side benefit, but we were doing it for, to, to compete, right? And we were pushing ourselves to compete, and that's, that's the difference. And, and real runners know this, right? Like, we had Ryan Hall on who kind of gave up running like early, right? And when it should have been still his prime because it was tearing apart his body. And he found something that, that he's might be pushing that like to the extent, and maybe that's not so good to be like putting as many weights as he's is doing up for his workouts. But he figured out that CrossFit was better or, or just lifting, powerlifting was better for his body than running. Like the, the people that are getting outraged about this, I don't think they've been running seriously enough to like see the effect that it's had on themselves. Well, I'll tell you where my outrage came from is when Kyle Merber tweeted this, and that kind of got the ball rolling. But the way he phrased his tweet was three-time Super Bowl loser, Tom Brady said, um, that I was – when I saw that, I was actually triggered. Like, I was actually <laughs> angry. Like, I was I, – and I knew I knew what he was doing, right? He's, he's a New York guy. I assume he's a, he's a Giants fan or whatever. So he's, he's, he's giving a dig to all Patriots fans. But I couldn't help it. I saw that tweet. And I was actually mad. And I had, a, I had a tweet all typed out from the peak to early account. And I had to put it aside. And I had to let it breathe for a little. And I decided to delete the tweet later. We, uh, we don't have enough guys to root against on this pod, right? We, we, we seem to like almost everyone that comes on the podcast. And we're like, that guy's a great guy. That, that woman's a great person. But we are now an anti-Kyle Merber podcast. Oh, and boy. I can't <laughs> wait to root so hard against him. Well, I, I mean, Everyone the guy, the guy refuses to come on the pod. <laughs> I mean, he's been invited multiple times. Yeah, I, I think, I think we I might say like Kyle Merber. I I'd say like twenty five percent of the guests we've had on the show are like boys with Kyle Merber. Yeah, so that's, maybe we I'm shouldn't not, do that. But I'm not. You know what? I'm you know what? Kyle. Screw it, Trent. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right, gentlemen, that is what I got for the news today. All right, so we have a big interview. This is, I think, you know. This is, uh, and we've, I've been, you know, thankfully we've been able to say this quite a bit lately, but when we put together the list of people that we want to have on the podcast, um, today's guest is somebody that has always been at the, the top of the list, right? Or one of the people at the top of the list. So we have Evan Jager on the podcast today, and he is the greatest American steeplechaser of all time. So he's a silver medalist back in, in 2016. Um, but I think that this was like the quintessential peak too early interview because you know as big a fans we are of evan 
over the past couple months, we've thrown some shade at Bowerman and uh, our Bowerman Track Club, and we dove right into that. We we addressed that right up front. We were honest with them. Um, we we had some serious track talk, and then we kind of went off the rails a little bit at the end. So let's get into our interview with Evan Jagger. Let's talk. So I'm just going to come right out and say, you know, we're, we're fans yeah. of you, we're fans of Bowerman, but I think on this podcast, we've been a little critical of Bowerman in the past, just that it, we feel like your team kind of keeps yourself and you don't necessarily branch out and race against other teams. And I think that this idea of clubs and teams, especially in the U.S., is it's a relatively new concept, but we love it. Like, we, we love mm-hmm. all the teams, we love all the training groups, and we love it when they kind of show down against each other. But can you just talk to us a little bit about like what's the mindset behind that and kind of what are you guys trying to accomplish by just kind of keeping it in-house? Uh, are you talking about this, this summer specifically? Yeah, and, I, and I, think, I, think, I think Bowerman has done it quite a bit over the past two years a little bit, especially like uh, kind of picking and choosing some of the indoor races and stuff like that. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, definitely the, the indoor racing. Um, I, I think the, the mindset with that is typically Jerry's, Jerry's looking at, indoors is kind of uh um the, f- the first rung in the ladder for the the full year and um it, his perspective is that uh we're gonna we're gonna train really hard um in like the month leading up to the indoor racing season and then uh look at the indoor racing schedule as kind of an opportunity to kind of um further your fitness and so uh, we kind of look at those races as if it's possible, we want to try and race as fast as we can at that time of the year to kind of use it as a way to like almost further the fitness gearing up for the outdoor season. And um, in in Jerry's mind, um, running a really fast 3K or a really fast 5K is going to do more for us uh athletically and physically than running a slow sit and kick two mile at altitude uh, for USA's as an example. And while um, there's definitely an argument to be made for those types of races, working on tactics and um, just kind of getting the, the, the racing mentality and the race juices flowing. um, US champs definitely does that, but uh, his, his main focus is making sure we're at our best physical state, um, going into the outdoor season so that we can make teams at USA's and, um, hopefully make that final at worlds and Olympics and, uh, get on the podium if that's an opportunity. So, um, yeah, those, those indoor races are, like I said, more just geared towards, um, setting up uh, ourselves as athletes for outdoor season. And this year specifically, um, this outdoor season, it was kind of, I mean, I, I think you talked to Jerry, you talked to all, all the athletes, we all would have preferred to be racing other people, but, um, Jerry knew, um, obviously when everything shut down, he was scrambling to try and, uh, give us the, kind of the best racing situation possible for the summer. And we talked to everyone, everything was up in the air, obviously. Um, 
we didn't obviously like diamond league meetings were they were saying that they were still going to be um on schedule um but as we started getting closer and closer to some of those meetings they started getting canceled so we're like okay we can't can't bank on those and then we realized most americans probably aren't gonna be able to just travel into anywhere in europe um without some sort of miracle and obviously that that worked for a lot like a lot of people were able to do that but i'm i'm not honestly sure how they got that done because i looked into traveling places and um it just didn't seem like an option so we kind of felt like traveling to europe was off the table at the time when we were trying to make a schedule and um yeah we wanted to set up races and jerry likes kind of having a, a plan for sure and he he's he's probably already drawing up pretty much everyone's racing schedule for next year honestly he's very very meticulous and so i think more than anything he wanted a plan and he wanted to know <clears throat> what types of races we were going to be doing and how fast those were going to be and um uh i think the the biggest hiccup with um everything this year was the location that we were using uh jesuit high school which was um kind of one of the only locations that we could kind of nail down um far enough in advance um just so happens to be uh have a major um financial backing from uh some people at nike and so i think what ended up happening was um like we wanted to get a bunch of other groups involved, but um, want, first of all, we could only have um, 25 people in attendance, like on the track. And our group just happens to be so big that like with men's and women's side, we were at like 20 athletes or something like that. So it uh, kind of limits who was allowed to be there. And then on top of that, they didn't want anyone outside of, Nike athletes racing there. So that was another issue. Um, and I think, um, yeah, I mean, Jerry was okay with it, but um, yeah, I think we would have preferred obviously racing other people, but um, I think just to get something on the books and have uh, a goal for the athletes to look at and uh, stay motivated for, um, that's just kind of how things worked out. <laughs> for sure yeah i uh i mean full disclosure right we're idiots so anybody that we're critical of i mean we're stupid right so i mean sometimes you guys have not a right as... to be everyone has a right <laughs> to be critical of us I, I mean i understand it it's uh it's like yeah like i get what you're get where you guys are coming from but um yeah like people just have to understand that jerry he like only really wants like ultimately he wants what's best for the athletes and doesn't really care about anyone else and uh, I think that's what makes him such a great coach is he's focusing he's <clears throat> he's focused on um, doing everything that's right for the athletes and if it's not good for the athletes he's typically not going to do it so that's where he's coming from. For sure yeah I mean so in the past I've likened to the Bowerman Track Club to kind of like um you know, like the Yankees or like the Patriots of our sport, right? It's a, it's a powerhouse club 
but I mean, it's, it's about business. I mean, that the, yeah. your guys club, I mean, it's about winning. It's about putting down fast times. It's about setting up the athletes for, um, for success. And I think like Yankees and the Patriots, I think that can drive fans crazy sometimes. Right. Cause it's like, yeah. Oh, I, I want to see Evan, you know, hop on the, high school track in the middle of nowhere and just throw down and just beat some other clubs. Like, obviously that's what we want, but is that really the best thing for you? Probably not. So it's like, mm-hmm. it is a little, you know, it, it's definitely yeah. a fan's perspective on, on yeah. that side kind of stuff. And I think, I think one of the main issues with <clears throat> kind of that whole situation is um, like with the NBA or the NFL most of their money is tied towards um, like TV deals and um, they have like, they are, it's financially appealing for them to like play every game and excuse me and um, show up for all those games. Whereas uh, track and field athletes, their their biggest financial motivator which is it's not the only reason we do this obviously but the biggest financial motivator for us is um meddling at world champs and olympics and having our best possible um performances done on those stages and so while i mean don't get me wrong i've raced two to three times a meet like twice a week in high school loved it felt like that was um excuse me i need some water felt like that was uh like super fun you're always just kind of becoming a better racer um which is is great um but for me personally i i know that jerry's coming up with a training plan and a racing schedule that is going to best serve me for peaking at the the major championships and kind of just having that in mind and seeing year after year athlete after athlete kind of do that at the global championships it just reinforces in our mind that we're kind of doing the right thing um to be the best athletes we can be yeah if you sat down and talked with jerry talked with jerry you'd understand like just kind of how brilliant he is as a coach and um yeah, <clears throat> athletically, I feel like we're doing the right things, but um, I, I do know like a lot of us wish we could race more, but um, I feel like in the end, we, we know um, we're setting ourselves up really, really well. Unfortunate for, for all you guys. Yeah, we can just but be the... Would you, would you rather have us race a ton and get bounced out of the first round at world champs or... all about the medals baby you got to get those medals okay there we, we want go. both <laughs> yeah <it's true. laughs> we want it all <laughs> we want it both no as as haters of the yankees and fans of the patriots we see it both ways right we see it when we can get oh, activated no, about like the powerhouse teams the business but as huge pats fans we can totally get behind like you know the the on to cincinnati mindset right there so yeah well that that might be history for you guys so you let's move on old, I feel like. yeah, next next <laughs> next topic no i want to talk about um you, you and coach jerry there so you you just like talking to you now you have so much trust in him right and so that that i think was a good transition to go back to the kind of the start uh, and the 
you know, wild story you have of your transition into being a, a pro athlete. So for, you know, those that don't know, you, you left after that freshman year um, to follow him out to, to Portland and run pro. Now, I feel like that could have just gone wrong like a hundred ways, right? You as a, a sophomore age kid going out running pro, like, you know, all these child stars that we see, all these actors and actresses and how it just doesn't work out because it's a lot for you, right? Physically, mentally, emotionally to be that age and to do something so different than everybody else. So, I mean, I know this is like a big question, but, but how did it not go wrong? Like, how did it go so right to take you out and put you in such a crazy element? Um, I, I don't know. Honestly, like a lot of things went well um in my mind as a kid uh even in high school uh at wisconsin i i knew just i just knew that i was always going to be running professionally um just just something i just there was it was almost like never really a question i just knew that that was what i was going to be doing and um so for me, like I, I never had any doubts and um, fully trusted Jerry, <clears throat> um, which is kind of the, the big, I mean, it was one of the main factors uh, for me going to Wisconsin in the first place is I saw Jerry as this, this great coach. Um, he got me super excited and motivated to be a better athlete and uh be excited about my future. So yeah, I always had the trust in Jerry. And then uh, I think Jerry must have realized that uh, like bringing me out to Portland was, was not going to blow up in his face. Um, I'm sure there was a small doubt in his mind, but uh, I I think he must've seen enough from me at Wisconsin to kind of believe that I, I had what it, took to be a professional runner. Um, I think a a lot of, I mean, a lot of things went my way, like signed pro, but also moved out to Portland at the world headquarters, was training there every single day. So I had um, kind of the, the trust um, of the Nike sports marketing team uh, to kind of see what I was doing and trust what I was doing and talking with Jerry and kind of understanding where I was at in my development and, um, seeing the progression. Uh, so I think being out there kind of was just a nice, um, like affirmation for them that things were going well. Um, had a, like, I was thrust into training with guys that had been running professionally already. Um, like the age range of the guys that I was, that I was training with were all like, I think like 23, 20, 24 to like 27 or something like that. And I was like 19 when I moved out here. So, um, had great, great guys to learn from. Um, every single one of those guys taught me a ton. And so, um, for honestly, like the first five years, uh, four or five years, I just felt like I was just, just learning kind of the whole time. Um, definitely felt like I was in a position where I was just kind of being dragged along and everything and, um, didn't have to really think about too much 
uh, outside of just like lasting as long as I could in workouts and kind of putting myself out there. And um, maybe the biggest thing was just having immediate success, like the first year moved out. Um, <clears throat> obviously training was a ton different. Uh, it was way harder, a lot more mileage, um, way longer workouts. Everything was faster. Um, yeah, I just really got thrown to the wolves, but, uh, stayed healthy that, that whole first year and just constantly saw improvement over the course of a year and was just gaining more and more confidence as the year kind of went on. And <clears throat> yeah, I think I just, as races started going well, um, it was just a snowball effect of confidence and, um, yeah, just, I just rolled with it. And I, I think having that first bit of confidence that, um, first year probably helped me more than I've ever really realized until just now. Um, cause even, even with, uh, having a major injury my second year, I had kind of already gotten to the top level, not the top level, but like one of the top levels of the sport by making world championships. And, um, even with that injury, I like, I knew I could do it at that point. So, um, yeah, I just had a lot of confidence and, um, yeah, I being healthy for a majority of my career helped me a ton. I was healthy from 2010 to the end of 2018 without any real injuries. So, um, yeah, that's a, that's a big one. So I feel like once, once you found the steeplechase and you figured out like, this is, this is my event, you, you really popped and things started to click. And I think too often for the steeplechase, it's that event where, you know, in, in college, if you're, if you're just not good enough to score, but you're a good runner, we're going to throw you in the steeplechase because you might have an opportunity to get us some points there. Um, and it wasn't until like you came around and maybe Emma Coburn where it was like, okay, these athletes were built for this event. What was it like when you, when you found the steeplechase and you ran that first, that you ran that first steeple, you won your first steeplechase uh, uh, race as a pro, right? What was it like yeah. when you, when you got out there and you were just like, oh yeah, this is it. This is, this is the event I belong in. Yeah. That, that feeling, it was kind of just like, all right, I, I found my thing. Like, this is my thing. Um, I think kind of the, the decision to transition to the steeple, there was that kind of thought in the back of my head of um, steeples only for people that can't hack it in, in the other events. And um, obviously like I had made the world champs 5k the year before that, or a couple of years before that. And, um, I feel like I knew in my heart that I, like, I was good enough to make teams in, in other events if I, if I wanted to, but, um, everything about the steeple just felt so right that I, I felt like I couldn't pass up the opportunity. Um, loved it right away. Um, like hurdling kind of clicked within the first couple of weeks from what I remember. And, um, it just like, 
that whole first year was just kind of like a feeling like this is like I'm like good at this like I like did not expect to be this good at it but um it just felt right and yeah that that first race at Mount Sac um it was like the first the first like a heat race that I had won since high school and it was um it was a great feeling like finally winning again and um just kind of feeling like this this was definitely my event and um yeah that was that was really cool i was at the uh the the olympic trials shortly after that in the in 2012 and i remember being like who is this guy with the crazy hair he's crushing it out yeah. there it's like i think we got i think we got our steepler so uh, yeah that was that was fun to watch yeah that was i mean it was a super fun first year steepling like everything was new and exciting so it was just uh, it was a really, really fun year. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, when you think about American steeplechase, especially over the last decade, I mean, you are the guy, right? I mean, you are American steeplechasing. And I think we are all ready to see you get that gold on the, on the world stage, right? I mean, do you feel like now at this point, there's additional pressure on you to make that happen or is that just the normal Olympic like for yourself that's what you want to do because it's like it's right there I mean we 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 all know you can do it and I mean how amazing would that be finish off your you know career with that steeple gold and you know that that's what it's yeah. all about right I mean is it do you feel additional pressure because you are the guy uh no I never I never felt like going into a global championship, like I should definitely win gold. Like it is sure. really, really hard to do. <laughs> so like I've, <laughs> no I've never like gone in and been like, Oh, if I don't win gold, this is going to be an absolute disaster. Like this is a failure. Never felt that way. Um, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't say that I've, I've ever felt pressure from the outside world to, to win gold. Um, I know obviously <clears throat> there's probably plenty of people that would want that for me. Um, and I obviously want that for myself. Um, and I think it, it would be really cool. Um, I definitely, I would definitely not look at my career as a failure if I didn't win gold at a global championship, but, um, that's not to say that that's not one of my goals, you know? Um, I think with <clears throat> having like a year of getting back into like really high level running um, from my injury last year uh, was, was really huge for me. Um, still didn't feel great. Like, like kind of my old self for most of the year and I was still able to like run some really good times and um yeah just um just run solid times like not feeling great most of the year and um I feel like having my downtime and getting back into running right now I already I already feel better running than I did at any point last year so <clears throat> So, um, 
I'm really excited to be feeling really good running again. Um, and I just, I mean, I just know that if I can just keep feeling this way, uh, I'm going to get back to the same point that I was a couple years ago. And, um, yeah, I think, yeah, it's, I, I mean, I, I hope I can get back to that, that same point and, um, obviously would love to make the, the team again and, uh, have the opportunity to compete for another medal. Um, so it's going to be, I think it's going to be a fun year, um, for the whole team. Uh, everyone got in some really good shape this year and I think opened some people like open everyone's eyes to what we can all achieve. And I, th- I think it's going to be a good year for the team for sure. Hell yeah. We're ready for it. Hell yeah. Yeah. Evan, I need to derail this interview real quick. Uh, we've had a <laughs> yeah, lot of serious yeah. questions here. It's been too serious for a peak to really. Yeah. Um, so here's the deal. I'm, I'm trying to grow my hair out. It's, it's oh, yeah. new to me. It's, it's, it's greasy right now. I rode my bike home and now I got a hat mm-hmm. on. So yeah. give me your conditioner shampoo schedule. Cause that's what I'm really working on. Dude, right now. Everyone asks me this. It's so funny. Like literally like kind of anytime I get in front of like a large group of high school like kids like the question <laughs> pops up and i i hate to tell you but i do not do anything special i at this point i like i probably shampoo it every every couple of days um rarely rarely condition uh if i do it's like two in one shampoo conditioner mm. um i don't do anything special i like you i like sh- i shower and if I'm going out, I'll probably put on a hat and, and that's, that's going to be it. And, um, it's just all natural, baby. Man, as a, as a terrible hair guy, that's infuriating to me. It's just infuriating. I got the perfect com- combination of hair genes from my mom and my dad. It's just, <laughs> it's just what happened. I'm glad I have the podcasting skills of like a high school kid who's just like a sophomore <laughs> yeah. asking questions. What are you doing She's here? Thinking the same questions. <laughs> Well, right, well so- since we're on topic of derailing conversations here, uh, this is less of a question and more of just a, a comment here. Um, mm. Anybody who thinks that purple Gatorade is a is a good choice, I mean, what are we doing here? If I wanted grape juice, I would go to like Welch's or something like that. I don't need to go to, to Gatorade to get grape flavored. I mean, it's, it's insane. It's an insane thing. Did someone I, say that to you? Like, did someone bring that up or was that just a random thought? No, this, this is my feeling. Like I had a grape Gatorade and I bought a ga- grape Gatorade and I forget, I think I was with <clears throat> Ryan Hill and we were driving back from somewhere and he goes, oh, grape. I was like, yeah, I, I love grape Gatorade. And he's like, that's like literally the worst flavor. Uh, it was Josh Thompson, actually, I'm pretty sure. And... I was like, I like, I did not know people did not like grape Gatorade. I just, just assumed everyone loved grape Gatorade because it's so freaking good. And yeah, I just, I like was astounded. So I had to put it out to Twitter just to see, like, I, I thought maybe like Josh was just crazy. And like, he was the only person that didn't like grape Gatorade, but it is, it seems like a very controversial topic. Like you either love it or you hate it. I mean, how do you, how do you, do you you guys all hate grape Gatorade? Oh yeah. Yeah. You can't go grape. I'm, I'm a, I'm a pretty traditional Gatorade guy. I go lemon lime. That's, I I think if they like, that's that's my go-to. Yes. 
I agree. But I I think fruit punch is the worst. Like fruit I do punch. Too. That's okay. That's fruit my punch same theory. It's like if if I no. it would be Trent, it would be okay. That, that has like, to be that you got to be the only person that thinks fruit punch is the best. The the thing about fruit punch is my parents would not let me get it when I was younger though because I was such a messy kid that it would stain <laughs> everything like worse oh, than the light blues or the yellows that I would normally drink. So that was tough mm. for me. You got to cut fruit mm. punch every time I get it. I got to like go half and half with water. It's just too. It's too much. Yeah. Too the, sugar. The thing. The thing about the grape is it's not even the best purple Gatorade. I mean, there's that lighter purple one, the purple frost, frost. Gl- gl- yeah, gl- yeah, something like that. Yeah. I mean, that one's amazing. That's that like the best good. Gatorade there is. I mean, most most of the Gatorades are really good. There's there's a couple fruit true. punch I don't That's like. True. I think it is the the cucumber one is not. Uh, it's not up there uh. for me. Uh, but the rest of them are. They're all so good. I mean, it's like pure sugar. So like, how could you not like <laughs> right. it? I don't know if it's just because we're not the right age anymore, but it feels like every new flavor is bad. Like, just stick to uh, the originals, like the big six or whatever, and that then you're good to go from there. It's a good point. I'm sure there's like 10 flavors that I've never even tried just because I don't want to branch out. Yeah. Yeah, when you were younger, it's like, oh, the new flavor, got to try that. Now it's just like, yeah. oh, get that out of here. I got to stick with the classics. Exactly. I think that's, that's the sign that you're old is when you, yeah, say, I, when you want nothing to do with the new flavors. Yep, for sure. <laughs> all right so i gotta before we let you go i gotta ask you this question so yeah down in rio you come away with the mm-hmm. silver medal what's the party like after you medal at the olympics oh it was in pretty rio. uh it was it was so late um and i had to do something i had to do like an nba nbc show <clears throat> the next morning at like seven or like 8am or something ridiculous. And so I got home, uh, I got back to the hotel that we were staying at, because uh, we, we didn't stay in the village, because we just heard that it was just a complete disaster before we got there. Um, so we ended up uh, getting some rooms at a hotel. But my parents, uh, my wife, my sister, my wife's mom, and then um, like, everyone that was on the team coaches agent we all met back at the the hotel didn't do anything crazy definitely had a few beers um stayed up as late as like i was willing to having to wake up at like seven the next morning but it, it was not crazy and i still had i had like a race like a week later or something like that so yeah it was pretty brutal i think i i spent one full day in Rio and then had to fly out two days after to go to, uh, Zurich, I think it was. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't get too crazy, unfortunately, but the, that, that entire fall was just a bender. It was so, (laughs) it was so out of control. Um, I got married that fall. And so, I uh, did my bachelor party in Chicago with all my boys from back home. And um, it was like kind of like a bachelor party slash Olympic medal celebration, like four day extravaganza and just being debaucherous men in Chicago. <laughs> it was, it was, it was too much fun. Um, and then, yeah, wedding was wild there, there was a lot of wild nights that, that fall. 
So I, I'm I'm pumped to hear. I was a little disappointed to hear that that the Rio party didn't go well, but I'm pumped to hear that you had a bender season. Yeah. We break we at the end of every season we break it into three parts. So we say there's taper season, there's championship season, and then there's bender season. And, and you gotta you gotta enjoy each one. And if you don't, each you one do needs it all the others. Yes, yes. Uh, I think I I typically fully enjoy each one. Um, yeah. Pretty much but I will make this promise. Well. I'll make this promise to you, Evan, and all the P2E listeners. If and when I win an Olympic medal, I'm canceling everything I have to do for the next two oh. to three weeks and partying straight. I know. <laughs> I, I, I think I, I was young and eager at that point in my career, and <laughs> now I'm old and I realize it's not going to get any better than that. So if that happens again, I will, I will lose my mind. I, I have an even better promise. When Evan eventually wins gold in 2021, it won't even be me winning the gold, but I'm still going to take a week off oh, and yeah. still bender <laughs> for you. So that's what's going nice. to happen. Awesome. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, hey, how Evan. long should a typical, how long should the bender season last? Oh man, that's a good question. I, I would say, I would say it depends on the season. Yeah, 10 days is a, a, that's a solid amount. I think. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Gotta, gotta, gotta be over a week. But once yep. you hit that two-week mark, it might be a little too long. You might, it it you crosses two yeah. weekends, yeah. You would <laughs> probably start feeling awful about yourself anyways if it lasts <laughs> yeah. much longer than that. So, Yeah. Cool. Anyways, hey, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a ton of fun, but we can't let you go that quick. We end every interview with a quick game. Mike, why don't you kick off down the home stretch? All right, down the home stretch. Rapid fire questions. So your topic okay. today is since you – you know, left college a little bit early. We want to ask you about the stuff that you missed out on in college. So Trent's going to mm-hmm. hit you with the first question. Let's do it. All yeah. right, Evan. Part of the fun of being an upperclassman is you get to take the joke classes, right? They're, they're not even really in your major or your minor. So what's like the senior joke class that you missed that you missed out on? Oh, I, I took it. It was uh, history of rock and roll. <laughs> yeah, I took all the music classes because I kind of – I kind of knew that I was going to be, um, well, at least I, I took one in, I took a like summer classes for some reason, kind of after I knew that I was going to be leaving. And I, I took, I think it was history of rock and roll. There was like, uh, big bands, big bands is the, the big one that everyone takes. Uh, and I took them. So I didn't miss out. <laughs> so this could go one of two ways when you left did you miss the dining hall? Because on one side you get a card, you get to swipe and get unlimited food. But on the other side, it's not good food. And you, you sometimes get the runs. No, I, I definitely missed it. Um, I loved easy, easy cooking. If I could just show up and get a plate of food, I would, I definitely do that all the time. But uh, I did put on close to the freshman 15. So it's probably best that I didn't have that anymore. So for athletes in college, sometimes it's hard your early years to kind of stack your schedule, right? Because everything's got to be around practice and you're taking all these gen eds and stuff like that. But by the time you get to like your senior year, you can stack up your schedule perfectly where you're either taking all your classes early in the morning or, or you don't have a class on Friday or something like that. How are you, what is the best way to schedule your classes senior year that you missed out on? Uh, man, I feel like I did a lot of stuff. <laughs> I, I had, I had no Friday, Friday classes one of the semesters. So uh, oh my that goodness. was huge. That early? Yeah, that, that early yeah, in yeah. school? Man. Yeah. I don't know how I, I had like full, full, full course load. Um, I just made sure I wanted to get it over with early in the week. So I did have early classes. 
uh, which, which sucked, um, like 7 a.m. or 7.30. Um, but yeah, I had, had no Friday classes. You had a great academic advisor. I, I know. <laughs> All right, I'll be surprised if you did this one. So best okay. part of college is just not being a freshman once you're not a freshman. So do you ever go back to campus and just pick on the freshman just to relive, like, <laughs> forget that experience? No, I definitely didn't do that. <laughs> uh, I did go back um, quite a few years in a row because, like, all my buddies were obviously still in school. So it gave me a reason to just kind of go back and, and relive the college days. So I'd go back for, like, a long weekend uh, after the season was over sometime in September and – uh, tailgate and yeah, just ha- have fun on the weekends, game day stuff. Does but, uh, yeah, no, no bullying up on freshmen. <laughs> does Wisconsin have any? The Wisconsin cross country track and field have any cool traditions that you got to miss that you had to miss out on for your uh, for the rest of your college career? Um, man, not not that I can think of. I mean. I think just living in, in the house with all the guys would have been a lot of fun. Um, I was the only recruit my freshman year. So I, I just lived with a, just a normal student, um, uh, non, non-athlete, uh, had a ton of fun, like loved that guy. Um, had a lot of fun that year, but yeah, I think just living in a house full of dudes is, is always kind of a, a disaster and, but a lot of fun at the same time. So, um, missed out on that for sure. Definitely. Mike, get in with the last question. So I'm a big believer that all the problems of the world, world peace, world hunger, can can be <laughs> can be solved in the shower. Did you feel like you missed out on some great team shower talk? Uh, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> the showers was that was like a crash course. I like had never showered with other guys before, like before going to Wisconsin. And so like, you just get forced to do it. And then, but then like, yeah, by the end of the year, it's just like, it's just kind of dude's time as, as weird as that sounds. Yeah. Like, thanks for asting the question we all had on the top. <laughs> See, I, I, couldn't, yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, I was thinking it too. So yeah, thanks. I couldn't get through the question because I knew as soon as I started, Trent knew exactly where I was going with that question. I could see his stupid grin. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, I uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, anyways, uh, thank you. So- <laughs> the story, the story for another time. Thank you so much for coming on. This has been a ton of fun. Like I said, we're big fans of you, and we're gonna be uh, cheering you on uh, heading into the Olympics next year. Cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks for yeah. having me. Yeah, this is a ton yeah, of fun, thanks. man. This is thanks this is great. interview with evan jager is brought to you by bell lap track and field gear where your purchases go directly back to professional athletes support the sport you love with the help of the bell app boys look good feel good run good we're talking about it all episode the weather's starting to get a little bit crisper so i don't know maybe if you're looking for some you know new fall outfits and you know some new uh cooler weather running gear I mean, where better place to look than our guys over at Bell Trap and Field Gear. Go check it out. All right, so what we're going to do is we always like to play a little bit of a cross-country game. We did it last year. We're going to do it this year. We want to invest ourselves in the cross-country season a little bit more. But 
you know, we got, we got limited action to choose from this year. So what we're going to do is we're just going to focus in on the SEC because we don't know who else is going to be around this year. And so what we're going to do is we're all going to pick a school to cheer for. So I'm going to pick a team. Mike's going to pick a team. Trent's going to pick a team. And the way we're going to do it differently than last year is you get one school. You get the men's and the women's team from that school. And the, the, the lowest combined finish between the men's team and the women's seeds at the SEC championship is going to be the winner. We could put one more twist into this because I think Arkansas and Old Miss are the runaway favorites in the SEC. Definitely Arkansas. So if you got any first place votes in the preseason poll ranking, you're eliminated. So you have to choose from all the teams that didn't get first place votes in the poll. So guys, how are we going to choose this? How are we going to start off this? Uh, how are we going to pick our teams? Steve, I always, you just I always like, come up, I always come up with some crazy, crazy way, but I, I'm, I'm running out of ways to, I'm running out of ways to pick this. Let's see. Does anybody let's have see. any ideas? Here's what we'll do. We're going to reward Trent and yeah. Mike for their, for their P2E two mile finishes because Trent's the winner of the three of us. You can go first, Mike, you beat me. So you're going to go second and I'll go last. So Trent, why don't you lead us off? Pick a school. Pick the school that you're going to be cheering for in the SEC championship. That's what I'm talking about. It pays off to have a good two mile time when it comes down to cross country gambling. Here, um, first off, I need to say this: uh, I have no idea about any of these schools. When you take out Arkansas and Ole Miss, uh, which almost <laughs> makes me more excited to follow this. Right? Um, we're going to be like diving into just these random just sec only meets going on uh, and i'm gonna get to know a lot of runners that in a normal year i would have no idea who they are so looking at the polls here you know don't want to take the the front running teams right after those top two got to get a little creative uh and so i think you know after after we just ridiculed them for the mountain dew invite i think i'm gonna take the florida <laughs> gators i mean mountain oh, dew what a terrible pick <laughs> no hear me out here Mountain Dew would not sponsor, you know, their meet with just them if they didn't know what was going on over there. And Florida's kind of like the Wild West, right? Like, I, I don't expect any of those guys to, to suffer from the current, you know, pandemic going on. They're doing whatever they want down there. They're getting full practices in, full full racing or whatever. And Mountain Dew must have known that the team looked good and they're getting the early sponsorship on them so that when the team performs this year and, and wins whatever kind of, you know, nationals or just SEC championships, whatever there ends up being, um, the Florida Gators are going to be right there. So give me, give me Florida. Give me the, the Gator chop. I'm ready to go. Yikes. That is a tough, tough pick. Um, so when I'm looking at this list here, there's a lot of SEC teams that I just, I like, I don't like, right? Like I see Alabama at the top and of course, Alabama football, just, you know, dominant. I have a hard time rooting for them go down florida i definitely have a hard time tennessee peyton manning i definitely can't do that so i'm trying to pick a school that i have no reason to dislike and i think that school has got to be missouri i mean Ooh. why would anybody have a reason to dislike missouri so i'm going with them on the men's side and again this is um you know 
not the, I don't have the best research department in, in the world, I would say, but this is my assumption based on my quick research is that we're going to be led here by our guy, Martin Prondenov on the men's side. So he's going to be ripping it up. Martin, I'm going to go get a Marty uh, jersey here. And then on the woman's side, we got last year, she was a freshman. She's coming back. Ginger Mermeeks. Uh, so Ginger, that's a fire name. Um, my favorite part about this is you never know with cross country with people coming back from, you know, the previous year, if someone's coming back like super, you know, fit, super not fit, injured or whatever. But this year with like COVID, I mean, is it possible that we should have like random transfers going to the SEC so that they can actually run cross country? Do we have people who opted out of the season that we don't know about? I mean, these rankings mean absolutely nothing. So I feel good about Martin. I feel good about Ginger. I hope that they're lining up this weekend. I mean, we, we got this. Let's go, Mizzou. That's a good pick. They were, I'm not going to lie that I was considering them for a very similar reason. I got no, I got no reason to, to hate Missouri. I'm going through this list. So I'm trying to pick like some emotional connection to, to one of these teams. I'm looking at, you know, you know, I, I Auburn crossed my mind just because Patriots are turning into like mm-hmm. the landing spot for all Auburn quarterbacks. But you know, I I'm pretty low on both these rankings. So I, I don't know if I can take them. You know, I was thinking maybe, you know, I could go I could go Vanderbilt, but the men's team is looking pretty weak. You know, the the Georgia Bulldogs, maybe. I don't know. I'm gonna go with the Kentucky Wildcats. Give me mm. the Kentucky Wildcats, you know, led by coach, head coach Lonnie Green. Just looked that up. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking Kentucky. I, I'm, I'm going, going UK. Let's go, baby. My, my hope for this exercise here is that over the next two months, we shift to just a SEC cross country podcast for forever. You know, I, I know that for sure that there's definitely like millions and millions of like only SEC football podcasts and radio shows and television shows. And I think, this is the start. This is the start of that, right? Like this is SEC Central right here. This is where you're getting all of your SEC cross country news, results, prediction, hot takes. I mean, th- this is where you got to look if that's what you need. Mike, we might take off if we brand this as an SEC cross country podcast. It's I mean, true. those fans are rabid. I was I was just about to say that. Like, I'm not going to predict that we would be you know better off by doing that. But there's so many people in the SEC that just don't want to hear anything else, right? They, they won't want to have any idea what's going on in the Big Ten. Forget about professional sports. I mean, that means nothing to those guys. Like, if we were in an SEC cross-country podcast, uh, that may be the next direction. I love it. I love it. I'm all, I'm all in on it. I need it. All right. Can't wait. Can't wait to see the results this weekend. It's going to be, going to be a big showdown in the Mountain Dew Invitational. All right. Let's kick off the Bell Lap. Mike, so, what do you got for people on the Bell Lap? Mm, I jumped the gun there. I, yeah, Mike, I'm, let's I'm, do that again. Let's do it again. No, it's Mike, okay. I'm better. Mike, okay. Mike, what do you got for people on the bell? I'm leaving that all in. Um, so, man, there's just so many directions I could go with this this week, but I feel like I'll just be stealing all of your guys. Obviously, there's a lot of Patriots talk. Obviously, there's a lot of Tom Brady talk. Obviously, there's a lot of Celtics to be talked about right now. So I'm going to go down a different route here. And let me tell you, boys, 
I watched more U.S. Open tennis over the last couple weeks than I ever have in my entire life. I mean, it was just so nice to have sports back. I don't know why I got sucked in to U.S. Open tennis this year, but I just it was on in the background all the time. And, you know, it, it was – I used to watch it a lot when I was younger, and I'm back in. I'm all in. Um, so look forward to uh, Peak 2 Early Volume 2 – uh, tennis podcast coming soon your way. Mike, before we move on to Trent's ballot, I just got to say, you know, with quarantine work from home, having, having a tournament on all day during yes. the day for two weeks was awesome. So um, I'm all, I'm, I'm with you there. And the men's final, one of the most incredible matches, sporting events I've ever watched. I mean, it was, it was great. I mean, I had it on, I had the, had the, the two screen experience, football on the big screen, tennis on the small screen. Incredible, unbelievable match. So I'm right there with you. That's a sport that doesn't get enough love. Trent, what do you got for people on the bell app? Mine feels pretty fitting considering the conversation we had about uh, Tom Brady's quote earlier. But I was just thinking while I'm out here on vacation, you know, a very active vacation. I'm not, I'm not at the spa drinking mojitos in the pool. Uh, we're, we're mountain biking, we went ATVing. It's like there are so many awesome sports out there that are just so much fun. And then, you know, I, I get back into this podcast here to go talk about running. Um, and I appreciate it, right? It gets me, it gets me, you know, in the mood. But I guess Tom Brady's, you know, quote and our reaction to it sums it up because I was going to go in this direction. Like, what are we doing being runners? There are so many awesome, super fun sports. But as we just talked about, like, if running, you know, was easy, everybody would do it. And it's that badass nature that pulls us in. Um, so I guess I just have to say I had a little reflection moment and I almost got pulled away to some other sexier sports, but this, this pod has been good for me. It's been therapeutic. It's brought me home to, to where I belong. Peak too early volume three mountain bike edition. <laughs> oh man. I mean, we're going to be an sec podcast. We're going to be a tennis podcast. Mm-hmm. We're going to be a mountain bike podcast. So what are we doing here? Um, we had the uh, the virtual Boston Marathon this this past week, so congratulations to all the winners, all the listeners that uh, that finished the Boston Marathon on your own this week. A virtual marathon sounds like the most miserable thing in the world. Um, and Steve, uh, congratulations to the guy who won and uh, the girl who won. Yeah. Those people, yep, they, good good work. That time was was very fast. You did a great job. Good. Good for you. Congratulations. Going to go down in the lore of uh, yep, Boston yeah. Marathon. It was my favorite race to watch all year. Yep. Yep. Um, but I'm just like, I mean, maybe this is a topic for next week's podcast, but I mean, it's not looking great for an in-person Boston Marathon next spring. And that's really depressing. And good thing we have football and some normalcy in our lives to uh to to get back to feeling like real sports are happening so we're on to we're on to seattle which is which is awesome but other than that boys i wouldn't run faster but i peaked too early mike hit me with the joke <laughs>